Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Quick disclaimer, um, we did change our name from the Bit Brothers podcast to the Super Dav Brothers as we found another podcast online with the same name, and we just wanted to avoid any future troubles. So the first two episodes, you'll hear us saying the Bit Brothers podcast, but please note that we have now changed the name to the Super Dav Brothers podcast. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Bit Brothers podcast. Um, so this is the first time either of us have ever done anything like this, so just bear with us mm-hmm. <laughs> as we figure out all the intricacies of it. Absolutely. But uh, my name's Kyle. Um, next to me on the screen over there, that's my brother, uh, Dean. So? Um, so let's kind of go over like what the podcast is going to be about um, so everyone kind of has a feeling with what we're doing here. Um, so myself, I'm personally, um, pretty big into the kind of retro collector scene as well as playing the games, right? I'm not just one of those people that collects them though. At this point I have way more games than I have time to reasonably play at, at this stage of my life. But, um, and then Dean kind of, I guess what, um, what what kind of brings you what what makes you qualified so, to talk so on this I guess, I guess what I'd say makes me qualified. I, I'm not a big collector. I don't I don't collect games. Half the games I buy are digital because I just I'm not. When I want something, sure. I want it now. That's how. Right. I am. <laughs> That's fair. I'm the same way, but I want the physical thing right, now. Right. <laughs> but basically, that's. I just play games way too much. That's what it comes down to. I've played way too many games, and I've spent way too much time playing those games. Um, right. And recently, you've gotten into kind of the the modding right. of older systems, right. too. So recently, I've been watching a lot of YouTube channels uh, that do retro modding on, like, Game Boys and whatnot. And it was super interesting, so... Lately, I've been getting into some modded Game Boys. If you look behind me up on this shelf here, you can actually see a few of them. Maybe I'll show some up close sometime in the next episodes or later in this. Sure. I'm not sure. We'll see. But And I think, you know, obviously we're, we're streaming this on Twitch right now. Um, but ideally, we will have it available via audio as well. Right. So, um, so we'll try to be cognizant of that. Um, so, I mean, obviously we may be showing pictures, images, videos. We'll try to be as descriptive as possible right, to right. Um, make sure that those people who are not necessarily watching the either the VOD or the live stream, you know, can under, know what we're talking about. Exactly, exactly. Uh, most, I believe we're going to be posting using Anchor FM. I don't know if anybody's heard of it, but it should be able to push our podcast out to every place like iTunes, Spotify, um there's a few other I, less popular ones, but those are the two main ones I know a lot of people sure. use, and they'll be available on there. Um, usually it'll probably take a day or so after the live stream to get the audio version. So if you want to see it fresh, you can <laughs> switch. Um, so yeah, so I, I think the next question would be, you know, why start one? Right? Everyone's got a podcast these days. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think for me, the big thing is... Um, I don't run into a lot of people that necessarily share the same interest of kind of retro collecting, playing retro games, or, or even, you know, necessarily modern day games. You know, I think 
a lot more people play games, but um, it's still one of those things where it's hard to have a good conversation about it, you know, and that sucks when it's something you really like and are passionate to talk about and no one wants to talk about it with you. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, you know, me and my brother and, and our, our group of friends and stuff, um, you know, we get on Discord and, and chat about it. And, um, so we thought, you know, hey, if we can maybe reach a wider audience uh, and and bring some more conversations in, you know, get some maybe viewer interaction, you know, we thought that'd be great. Um, see where it goes, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, kind of like I mentioned, obviously, we want this to be, you know, kind of viewer interactive. Um, so if you have any questions, comments, post it in the chat. We're monitoring it as best as we can. Mm -hmm. um, we'll try to engage as much as possible. Obviously, be considerate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, be aware of the social climate we live in. Um, it's a mature stream, so, you know, there may be swear words drop, but uh we'll we'll it's part of our we'll be language. yeah yeah just <laughs> so be if you don't just like that be cognizant well. yeah don't don't say anything that you know you wouldn't say publicly on facebook or twitter or whatever social media you use <laughs> exactly exactly looks like we um, got the kid pape in here yeah hello, hello welcome to the big brothers podcast <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think uh, to start, you know, we planned this for a little while, so we have some general segments that, that we want to try to cover each episode. Um, obviously, that'll probably shift and change over time um, as we, you know, we either get some viewer feedback um, or just things change and we want to talk about different things. Um, but for now, kind of the layout, you know, we have... Um, for this first episode, I think we're going to spend a little bit of time kind of talking about just our histories of gaming, right? What kind of what are our earliest memories? Um, what kind of games do we like to play together, individually? Um, how we got into our respective, you know, modding, collecting, hobbies. Um, and then maybe some of our favorite games, just to kind of, you know, give you an idea of what kind of games we like to play. Um we're also, um, we're both pretty big and we both really enjoy the kind of Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color library. Um, so we want to kind of have a segment focusing maybe each episode on a specific game that we will maybe, you know, maybe one of us will play, both of us will play. Um, we'll try to plan it out ahead of time to keep, uh, you know, so we can have some good discussion on it and talk about right. all the various aspects of it. Kind of like... Uh... A weekly review of random games that we either right. hear or are told to play maybe by viewers whatsoever ones that we're just interested in and just want to play them so we can give our opinion on them um so i guess you know to keep the viewer interaction thing <laughs> alive uh, pape's asking about if, if we have a schedule um set up I, I assume he's talking about like when we plan on posting new episodes mm. um i think we were thinking probably at least to start once a week on sundays yeah um probably around the same time about eight o'clock um i think it's you know right now the nation's in a state of quarantine so we have the time yeah. 
another one of the reasons why we actually started it this <laughs> this weekend. But um, you know, during normal operation, I think that's the day that works best for us. You know, we both work full time jobs, so mm-hmm. um, you know, if it starts to grow and and we we've got the interest, you know, we definitely would like to maybe do it maybe more often, um, but. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, as of now, it'll be Sundays around 8. Yeah. Um, and then, like Dean said, we'll try to post it out for the audio platforms as soon as we can. Yeah, as soon that. as we can. It, probably the next day, but I'm not sure exactly how Anchor, how fast they get their things sure. out. So uh, if it ends up being I can get it out every day that night, then great. If not, then expect it in a day or two later. Right. Um, so continuing on the segment overview, um, another one, you know, is kind of going to be like a uh, currently playing or, you know, a game that's really personal to us, kind of deep dive discussion, um, you know, going over, you know, the game's mechanics, maybe some history about it, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, um, that kind of stuff, right? That It's kind of a loose category just to kind of to, to cover whatever specific game we may want to talk about and those games may be retro might be something modern you know could be anything so uh and then finally um kind of a gaming news segment right you know maybe some new products are launching or new games coming out we want to just have a quick discussion about it Mm -hmm. between each other as well as you know maybe with chat um and then on top of that, you know, maybe just other miscellaneous stories we may have, whether it be personal or, or anything else we might want to exactly. cover, right? Exactly. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we may end up going on rants about random things that maybe don't have anything to do with gaming, but That's part um, of it. we're going to, yeah, <laughs> we'll try to keep it on topic as much as possible. All right. So... To, to jump in, I guess, so the first one's kind of the, uh, you know, what are, you know, I guess my question, I'll, I'll throw it to you first, and then I'll answer, you know, well, what's your earliest memory of playing video games? Are you asking me? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Throwing Locked it to you as in you, Dean. Good That's funny. Um, so I was thinking about this, and... <laughs> I can't really remember what, like, the first game I ever played was. I almost want to say it was... So, and this is kind of a shared experience between me and Kyle. But the first things I can remember is being at my grandpa's house where we had a Sega Genesis and I think it was a Super Nintendo, if I recall, which wasn't ours, but it it was at the house. Um, I remember some of the first games I played there was like Sonic, like one through three, you know, on the Genesis, uh, Golden Axe was one of the ones that really popped into my head when I started thinking about this. I don't know if any of you have played it, but it's, it's a solid game. Side scroller beat them up with like wizards and stuff like that. Um, but my first personal console, and I'd say what my first game is, would probably my first console was the Game Boy Color. That was personally like my own console, not one that we shared or something. And this was back when I was real little, as, as early as I can remember, which isn't too far, but <laughs> you know, I tried my best. Um, 
shit i can't remember what i had for breakfast so right exactly <laughs> exactly but uh with the game boy the games that i played a ton of on there were like the super mario games which i feel like most people who had game boys did and pokemon pokemon was a huge one and i still to this day have played every single pokey main mainline pokemon game like the rpg style right to date uh all the way up to the news ones on the switch so if I wanted to claim a game as my first, I'm going to claim Pokemon on the Game Boy Color, stuff like that. So Sure. Yep. So, yeah, um, I'd say definitely my earliest memory is that Sega Genesis. Um, I got it when I was five, which was about a year before Dean was born. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure at some point before that I had been exposed, you know, whether it had been an arcade machine or something, but it just doesn't stick in my memory as mm-hmm. much as getting that Sega Genesis for Christmas um, and being super excited and remembering it came with the Sega Genesis six pack. Um, so this was would have been pretty late in the the uh, Sega Genesis's life. So you were born in... I was born in 96. 96, so it would have been 95. So maybe not super late in the Genesis lifespan, but late enough that they were packing it with the six-pack. So that had, like, Sega Genesis, Super Hang-On, Golden Axe, um, Columns, and Revenge of Shinobi. And there was one other one that I'm missing, but I can't remember what it is. Um so those were definitely my my earliest memories, right? Playing through the original Sonic uh, on the Genesis. To this day, um, well, back then I could sit down and beat it in one sitting, <laughs> and now, like, I can't even get past like World Two without losing all my continues. Um, that's not true. I can probably get further than that, but like, it's amazing how much easier it was back then. <laughs> or maybe I just had all the time in the world to sit there and play it. Um, but yeah, that's probably my earliest memory mm. of gaming, you know, and, and I do recall our cousins had a original Nintendo and a Super Nintendo, and they eventually found their way to our grandparents' house. Um, so playing that, but I held on to that Genesis for a long time. Um, next console I ended up getting was a PlayStation 1, and that was like the redesigned PlayStation 1, so the it was like little, super late in the life yeah, cycle. Yeah, so, I remember that. I had that Genesis for a long time. And stupidly, like a dumb kid at some point, I sold it all to some guy on Craigslist <laughs> for like nothing. To get get a couple um, bucks to buy a new game. To buy something. a new game for like <laughs> Xbox or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of my earliest memory. Um, so the next question I think um, is kind of like, what do you like? Why, why do we play games? What do you like about it? Um, again, I'll kind of toss it to you because I think the flow is good there. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so, and then I can kind of follow up. So I guess the reason I like them so much is there's a couple different reasons, I'd say, kind of different categories of reasons. One, I just think they're awesome. I love the art that goes into them, the sound design, just coming up with a game in general, you know, all of that. Uh, I like the challenge of some games, where I also hate the challenge of some games. Uh, it really depends, you know, when it comes to certain sure. things. Um, and then 
thirdly, which is probably the reason I've been doing it and keep doing it, is just kind of the, like, experience, the escapism from everything. It's something that you can just sit down and literally, in some cases, in certain types of games, you know, you're in a whole different world, and it sounds kind of weird and cliche, but you're kind of living this different world. You kind of are able to focus on that and kind of forget everything else. It's a good way to get out of your head and stuff like that. Along sure. with that, I also, you get to play games with friends. Like PC games, if I'm playing a game on PC, more than likely either Kyle's in here or one of my other friends is in here and could be COD, you know, where we're just getting mad and yelling at the screen, but it's still fun. <laughs> or, you know, we're sitting there playing something like Minecraft or Terraria, just being dumb and stupid and you know sure. doing whatever but i think that's one of the reasons the big reasons now that i still play them is just you get to talk to your friends and play with them and interact and even not that i'm a very outgoing social person when i play games and talk to random people but there's that chance to meet new people and do that kind of stuff as well so yeah no, i mean i kind of share the same sentiment um with most of it i think you know from a technical aspect um video games just amaze me um you know with a background in software development uh, i think making a game is one of the hardest things you can possibly do um and to pull together you know like you said all that art and sound and everything um to make some of the experiences that are out there is just insane to me um and then yeah i think modern times i think a big draw is being able to play with other people right mm. uh, yeah for sure you know, keeps, you know, keeps me and you connected, um, oh, yeah. even though we live, you know, not as far as some people, a couple hours away, but, you know, it's not like, you know, we're still living in the same house, so. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I agree too with the escapism kind of aspect, you know, it's kind of like you can just shut your brain off a little bit and go somewhere else, right? I think a good example of that is the recent, uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, I've been just loving that. So <laughs> it's basically, you're living a second life, and it's a right. it's a life full of only it's goodness. A, it's a happy, cute life with little animal friends. The only the only bad thing that happens is you'll be fishing, and oh, your fishing pole broke. But guess what? You can go make a new one. It's fine. No big right, deal. right. It's, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess in the aspect of kind of playing games together, you know, I, I think since the earliest days right we you know been hooking up two controllers so that's like a genesis oh, yeah I'm... um you know you were pretty young you know and i was probably just getting pissed off at you <laughs> for like losing all our continues but i do i i remember hooking those up and playing through you know sonic 2 mm -hmm. um sonic 3 and and some of the other two-player games we had oh yeah um you know obviously we more modernly you know call of duty like you said um, you know, Fortnite. When it which, was good. <laughs> yeah, when it was good, I guess. You know, uh, Terraria, Minecraft. Um, I think Terraria, we've spent so many hours yeah, playing. we have at least like 150 <laughs> plus hours in that game. Yeah, which is like, together, like... That's like bitch league compared <laughs> to some people I know, but still. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we try playing a lot of different games oh, between yeah. us and our or a group of friends so um you know we'll give anything a shot you know a lot of them suck but a lot of them suck but <laughs> sometimes the ones that suck 
are fun to pick up and see why they suck. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So, um, and then uh, uh, kind of the next topic I have was kind of how we got into our respective kind of hobbies, right? Me with the collecting, and you with the uh, the kind of retro modding, which I know is kind of a more recent thing, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I can start, you know, I probably started seriously collecting games probably about three years ago. Um, I just finally had some space to do it. Um, and it was kind of one of those things I always wanted to do. And I had kind of gotten into it spe- like at various points, you know, I would be like collecting Super Nintendo games. Um, uh, it, it's, it's far exceeded that uh at this point um you know i got collections of almost anything you can think of the only things i kind of avoid are are those nes and snes sets because i find they're prohibitively expensive at this point Um, you know part of that's the nintendo kind of name and just how the market is right now for those but like you know i've got stuff Basically, from Genesis on, anything pre-Genesis, um, I don't have much just because I didn't grow up with it. So I just don't have that nostalgia for it. Um, but yeah, you know, PlayStation 1 was a big one. Um, Xbox, Xbox 360, GameCube. Um, and then all the way up to the modern stuff, PS4, Switch. Um, so yeah, I... I don't really have like a specific genre that I collect for or anything. You know, if the game looks interesting and the price is good, I'll pick it up. So how about you? Um, so I guess jumping into the modding stuff, it is pretty recent within the last year is when I even knew that people did this kind of stuff. Um, I guess it really started with, I got an interest in like soldering and like fixing electronics and kind of troubleshooting them and seeing what's wrong and really i want to give credit and i know obviously they won't see this it's not like a big thing but there is two youtube channels that really got me into it one of them specifically i want to shout out is retro future and if anybody is here has seen that you'll know he does really good videos um he literally just buys things off ebay real cheap and he does like super nicely edited and clean like where he takes them apart you know cleans out all the parts shows you how to fix certain little issues gets new cases new buttons new screens and does them all and it's just when you get this old thing that's like looks brand new and looks cool and it's all your own style and custom it was just so cool to me so um, I started doing that. I just went on eBay. I found some imports from Japan of old Game Boy Pockets and etc. etc. Um, I think right now on my collection of modded consoles, I have uh, a game, two Game Boy Pockets modded, um, a Game Boy Color, a Game Boy Advance, an original DMG Game Boy, and I have another Advance that I'm like kind of working on. I still need to get a couple parts for it. Um, do you want to throw one up on the screen? Yeah, let me grab. Just I'll, to I'll grab give an idea, favorite. kind of what you're talking about. I'll grab my favorite of the bunch here. So, this here is a completely custom. The only thing that's original on it is the motherboard and the screen lens. Um, basically, I took an old original Game Boy Pocket, uh, modded it completely white, 
white buttons, white silicone pads, took it apart, cleaned it. Uh, this one in particular, I had to fix the power switch on it because um, basically the connection wasn't good so it would flash. And along with that, I added a backlight, which I'm not sure if you can see it too well. But yeah, original, it comes to, I mean, you can definitely tell if you've ever pocket, played the original right. Pocket, you can't see shit on the yeah, screen. <laughs> the backlight makes it beautiful. You can play it anywhere. It's It just looks so much better. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's my favorite one, all white. I kind of have a white-out theme here that I want to do. The only one I'm missing yeah. for that collection is a SP, which I'm trying to get here, but people don't like to sell them for very cheap so that's the one a lot of people yeah. like so um speaking yeah of that, though, I definitely do my show, favorite that's I for do sure show one more thing just because yeah. I, I showed the backlight R reptar is saying you remember the overhang lights exactly <laughs> i the do the worm, worm lights, lights. yeah yes. see those were garbage this is better <laughs> this is better I'm you'd have you, to have them tilted just the right way just the right thing so the glare wasn't like blinding the screen mm -hmm. and then like it would eat your batteries like half like it's twice <laughs> as fast because you got this stupid light on the top exactly it was, I, it was horrible <laughs> I, re I remember the ones too that had like the magnifying glass oh my god <laughs> it would like distort the shit out of it you can i don't know how those were ever a thing you could never see what was actually going on <laughs> so let me see if i can find this picture um this this picture is kind of iconic um I want to show it here. So, this is that magnifying. Not a magnifying. Like this is what it used to be like. <laughs> if you wanted a bigger screen, you got a magnifying glass. If you wanted light, you had to get these weird lights, extra speakers. Right. Like that's what it is now. You can just do all that. They make products for put it in here. Yeah. But I did want to show. So oh, granted, that was also that device, the Super Game Boy whatever the hell that thing's called that was like an extreme oh, yeah. product right yeah. like and 90 percent of that is completely useless i think the only good thing would be the lights maybe if you could <laughs> even see the screen through the magnifying glass so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah now the modding scene for those hands for pretty much most handhelds is crazy it's, these days. it's blowing up there's all kinds of vendors um there's places like Handheld Legend that are making their own backlit screens. They're making IPS screens for even, like, Game Boy Colors. So, right. no more that pixely block screen. It's a nice, like, vibrant, clear, clean screen with high refresh rate stuff. It's it's changing it. Um, and another site, Retro Modding, which is where I got a lot of my parts. Uh, I do have a story, but we were going to talk about that later regarding that. But yeah. It's a pretty, pretty funny, crazy story, but we'll get to that <laughs> later. So, yeah. So, I think to kind of close out this, this earliest gaming memories, and, you know, to anyone listening or watching, this won't be a recurring segment. We're just kind of getting it out of the way for the introduction. Right. So, hopefully, we're not droning on too long here. Um, but to keep it short and sweet, why don't you, you know, give me... A list of your like top three favorite games off the top of your head obviously i know it's a hard hard thing to to do at least for me right to say well these are my three favorite games of all time mm. um 
but you know just off the top of your head you know you know what would you say your kind of favorite games are right and if you guys have any questions you know don't be afraid to ask us even if it's about personal life stuff don't be afraid to ask us send us uh an email to our email that's below in the the boxes down there or yeah we have a twitter we we didn't really get it fully set up yet but we'll we'll have a twitter where you can contact us as well yeah and that that'll all be in the the info boxes below so mm. um but yeah uh and and maybe we can throw this out now right anyone watching if you want to submit something you know maybe throw us your your top three favorite games with, with a little bit of why and and maybe next episode if, if we have any responses we'll go ahead and yeah we'll go ahead and, and go through those yeah. Them, yeah so we have one reply here from reptar he says modern warfare 2 halo 3 and skyrim which i gotta say are three really good games <laughs> yeah no i mean it, it's funny you know i i'm, I'm probably I'm, I'm i'm obviously older than you um but to me it's interesting you can definitely tell when someone was kind of growing up in that like you know their teenage years mm-hmm. when you have the time to play these games you can tell a lot by, by what their 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 like favorite games are right like it kind of tells you like okay this is the kind of era they grew up in right Mm -hmm. you know if you ask someone who was older than me you'd probably get a lot of like that old school nintendo or or older um versus like what my thoughts may be versus what your thoughts may be so Mm -hmm. um but yeah i I agree reptar it's definitely everyone's favorite games probably are going to come from an era right where they can sit and just grind them all day long though mine might be a little surprising no, not really. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, dude. Well, I was just going to say that I think Modern Warfare 2, again, for me, was one of the top games, I'd say, of all time. Sure. And it, again, same reason you just said. I used to sit on my Xbox 360 all day, come home from school. That's all we were playing <laughs> for, like, six hours straight, no stop. We'd play that. We'd play Halo 3. We'd play Halo Reach was a big one for me, just because, again, that's kind of when I got into, like, right. I had an Xbox and everything. And then Skyrim, I don't even know how many times I've played through the, <laughs> the main story, plus, like, 75% of the side stuff. Like, I've probably right. done that probably six times. <laughs> like, I've, there's a lot of time in Skyrim. I own it on, even though it's a meme at this point, I own it on, like, every console I had. <laughs> Even my Switch, I have it on Switch still too. And, sure. Yeah. So, I think my top three games. Um, number one is Final Fantasy VII. Um, I don't know. I it just hit me at a. One, yeah. It I hit me at a time one. when I I had the time to just come home from school and sit there all night and and just play through an RPG. Um, I've probably replayed it like a dozen times like full playthroughs not you know I, i've gone for 100 percent playthroughs i've done all the like you know beating omega ruby and emerald weapons and all that stuff um it's just i, I just love the story i love the combat the materia system i still think is one of the best systems as final fantasy's ever put in mm-hmm. um Number two is probably The Last of Us, uh, because 
to me, it's just one of the best stories oh, ever told God, in yeah. gaming. The story is incredible. Uh, you know, it's it's a popular game. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those like, oh, it's too popular. <laughs> like, no, I think it's just an expertly crafted game. Um, I thought the multiplayer was surprisingly fucking awesome. I know me and you played quite a bit of oh, it. Yeah, we did for sure. Um, I'm kind of sad that they're not putting multiplayer in The Last of Us 2. Um, but mm. it is what it is, as long as the story is as good yeah, as the first as one. As long as they, they're pushing more care. towards the story, that's that's good if that's the case. So. Uh, and then third, I'd probably say Halo 2. So a little bit before Halo 3. And, and my reasoning for that, you know, I played Halo 3 a ton online, but we used to have LAN parties with Halo 2. You know, all my high school friends would get together every weekend lugging over giant CRTs and our Xboxes, mm-hmm. hooking everything up, getting as many people as we could, playing it, just some of my favorite gaming memories. You know, there's nothing like screaming at your friend in the next room over that he's a fucking bitch <laughs> for shooting you in the face with a sniper rifle, you know. Yeah. It's just so good. <laughs> they were so good. And, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure if both of us thought more, we could come up with, you know, more games that might mean more but off the top of my head that's kind of what I, yeah i guess what i got i guess i'd say my top three of all time one one of them i don't i don't even know what order i'd put them in but one of them is minecraft i love it a lot of people like i've played it a ton it's just such a dope game you can do pretty much anything you want in it right um, i would say probably the pokemon franchise as a whole all the way back to the originals to now, like I loved all of them. They were all, they were all good. Some of them better than others, obviously, but right. they were all good. And then I'd probably put three is maybe Modern Warfare two again, just because I played it so much and that was the game of the time when I was really getting into it. So Silver was good. I had Silver. I think Kyle had Gold because when we yeah. would buy them, we would always buy the opposite. Buy the other one. To this day, yeah, to you this got day. sword, I got shield. <laughs> yep. So we can get those, get those yeah. exclusive Pokemon. Yeah, I agree. Reptar, silver and gold were, they were very good, and probably better than like the next four games that came out in right. Pokemon as a whole. So the next, and then they did the remakes with Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and those were great too because it added more to already great games right okay so that wraps up the kind of history mm-hmm. <laughs> section um they said hopefully we didn't uh drone on too long um so yeah so i think typically we'd have a game boy section um we did not pick a game for this first episode you know because we knew the kind of history would take up a little bit of time yeah uh, but I think for next episode, we'll we're gonna I think agree on a game for us both to play. Um, you know, I know personally, I have like a decently large Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance collection that I'd like to play through. So we're kind of using this as an excuse. <laughs> um, and then Dean, with his you know modded consoles, has like some nice flashcards and uh, like EverDrive type cartridges so he can right. pretty much play whatever <laughs> right and i i do have a, a small collection of uh 
of Game Boy games like the original Dr. Mario and Kirby, which I think one of my first games that I'm going to be playing for this is probably the original Kirby, just because I've never played the original Kirby and I like oh. Kirby games. So it's a that's a good yeah, one to start with. Yeah, yeah it's a nice. I have a pace, I figure. Yeah, so. and it's a quick game. It's actually really. You know, you can sit down and beat it in a in a sitting, which I think is good for Game Boy games mm-hmm. in general. You know, um, but yeah, I have some thoughts too for a couple kind of short and sweet games to start with, um, and maybe we can combine those two, and that can kind of be the next episode. Right. Um. So yeah, so we can go ahead and jump into kind of the currently playing because there's a game I recently finished. Um, I was currently playing it when I wrote this. You know this thought down of talking about it, but I've, I've finished it since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game is called shining force Neo. So Dean, if you can bring up the, uh, the cover art for that yep. kind of sit in the background for now, I have some other, uh, images and videos to play regarding this game. Um, cause it has some funny stuff about it just to kind of show off mechanics and whatnot. Um, but, so the Shining Force series um, goes pretty far back to like the Sega Genesis, and I think it was actually on the Sega Master System. And those games were kind of like strategy RPGs. So think like Final Fantasy Tactics, um, if you've ever played the the Tactics series of Final Fantasy, which I think those were on like PlayStation. There was a Game Boy Advance version, yes. But if you don't know. It's kind of like a grid-based map. You'll have a set of characters. You can tell them to move, attack, um, and it's kind of like turn-based, right? It's not like real-time. So that's kind of where the series started. There were several different games in that vein across Sega Genesis, Sega Saturn, um, and even some more modern systems. Um, And personally, I never really got into those games. But they had a sub-series set, and that is where the Shining Force Neo fits in. Um, so this is actually the second game in this subseries, um, and I have played the first game in the subseries as well. It's called Shining Tears. But these kind of forego that kind of tactical gameplay for like a kind of more action RPG hack and slash type feel. Um, so. Well, I think the best thing to start on is if we play the early gameplay video to just kind of get an idea. This is kind of real early in the game to get a you can kind of get a feel of like what the game looks like and plays like, and then I can talk a little bit more about it. All right, let me bring it up here. So again, this came out on the PS2. It released in 2005. You kind of see, you know, it's it's very almost Diablo-like a little bit. Um, you're kind of just running around. Obviously, the person in this YouTube video is going through the uh, menus. You can probably skip ahead a little bit. I thought I timestamped these, but I don't know if it if held. I not save it, that's all right. Well, yeah, so it, it's a two... Some issues. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a 2005 release on PS2, so you know, and it's by Sega. So Sega is the publisher. They, you know, obviously back from the Genesis, you know, they 
long past making consoles at this point. I think the Dreamcast died in like 2000. Um, but the, the graphics on it, I think, are okay if we can get the video to load, you know, to give you an idea about it. You know, they're nothing special for the time. You know, these weren't breaking any any graphical fidelity awards or anything like that. But one thing I really dug was they, they kind of went with a cel-shaded look on it. Um, and that kind of held true from the previous game, the Shining Tears game. Uh, maybe this won't work for us. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's giving us such a hard time here. Well, I find that when you pull up YouTube videos that nobody watches... It must like put them on like their low priority <laughs> servers, you know. Or <laughs> yeah, um, but that's the thing is there's not a lot of footage about this game, and maybe we can just do some Google search on the images for it, um, just to get that feel of kind of what the graphics look like. Um, again, this is all live, folks. So <laughs> I'm just gonna we're we're doing it as we can. We'll see if. Uh... But you can kind of see, yeah, that's a good spot there. You kind of see. It's kind of it's got like a early cell shaded, you know. This was before I, I feel like Borderlands really uh, made it known to everyone. You know, I know some of the early like Dragon Ball Z games had this cell shaded look, but you kind of see it's just a hack and slash running around. You have magic abilities. Interestingly, the one piece of gameplay I found is that you know in Dark Souls you have your flasks right mm -hmm. that you can use to heal yourself up um, and then you you bring those back at the campfire right hmm. so this game has a very similar system you have health vials and you can just get them refilled at uh, fountains around um, so like this is way before Dark Souls but you know I find it it made it very player friendly right you don't have to worry about running out of healing things Um. And in combination with that, you have the ability to transport to the kind of main hub world at any point in time. You can be in the middle of a fight with with generic mobs and just teleport back to the main home and sell stuff, refill your health, buy new equipment, upgrade your force frame, which is kind of like your powered system. Oh, hey, wandering musician musician welcome, joined welcome us. To the podcast, brother. Yeah, um, stick around if you, you know, we're kind of talking about the game Shining Force Neo right now. So if you uh, enjoy that, please stick around. Um, so yeah, so it, it had some ideas for what, to me at the time, like we're pretty forward thinking, you know, being able like to just come back and refill your healing whenever you needed to and purchase new equipment at pretty much any point you know there's no save points out in the world you always mm -hmm. you can come back and save i let me phrase that there are save points in the world but like you don't have to worry about that right i can just warp back to town and save if i'm done for the day or whatever you know so some pretty forward thinking things that really help keep me going uh it's for playstation 2 released in 2005 mm -hmm. So it's part of the Shining Force series. It's particularly a, a sub-series of the Shining Force games, right? So less tactical RPG, more like action RPG. Um, so yeah, so 
I actually heard about this game through a YouTube channel called Games of War. Obviously, I don't know him personally, um, I, but I, I think he's one of those kind of really underrated uh, video game collectors and reviewers. Um, I, I love all his content, so you know, go check him out if you haven't. Um, but that's where I heard about it from. He spoke very highly of this game's sequel, um, and that kind of sent me on the hunt to go looking for this game and the game he spoke of and then all of its prequels um so i haven't started that one yet but i really enjoyed this one um so from the music perspective you know i'm not a super big video game music nerd i guess you could say um i find that the best music is often the one that i don't necessarily remember but isn't so bad that it makes me think about it while i'm playing it you know what I mean? To search other areas. Music, right, so right like there, a... there's a very thin line between having music that's so bad that you just don't want to live like it. You don't want to play the game because it's right. so bad, right? Versus music that just kind of gets out of your way and it, it's there and it's not great. You know, it's not like Mario Brothers, you know, tune or castlevania's soundtrack where it's like man this shit rocks you know it's not that it's just kind of it's there and it's not bad that that's my take on the music in this game um so yeah so i mean you've got okay graphics you know i kind of dig the shell shading the music's okay the stories you're kind of just generic japanese <laughs> rpg bullshit yeah you know it's like you know oh young soldier you know ends up having to save the world from big baddie you know it's very tropey you know you're going around protecting crystals to begin with from this big baddie you know he ends up destroying them and the world gets enveloped in darkness type of story you know and obviously there's a love interest you know your main kind of sidekick uh you know there's that you know, Japanese love interest there. Mm. Um, so, you know, nothing great there. Um, so, you know, so far it's like, okay, everything's been generic. The part that I really got hooked on was kind of the gameplay. Um, so, it, you, you're always playing as this character, Max, that you see on the screen talking right now. Uh, I don't know. Do you have sound up at all yeah, for that, or is it yeah, muted right now? It's going right now. Okay. Maybe I have the stream quiet, muted, so... Um... I did want to say that's fine. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the follow, wandering musician, and thanks for the host as well, brother. That's awesome. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So, so yeah, you're always playing as this character. You know, it's not like some other games where you switching kind of who you're you're controlling throughout the game. Um. But the interesting thing is, y you can bring along an AI partner, so it's always you and one other person they're kind of useless. The AIs are really bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, again, think about it. 2005 game, the AI is just not... <laughs> they, no. You know, they're stupid, they run into enemies, they die a lot. Um, there's a few semi-useful ones that provide you some healing and buffs, um, and that's pretty much who I stuck with. Um, but really, it's all on you. Um, so you can equip the character with various different weapons you know you've got short swords long swords bows magic stabs um 
spears, shields, like all kinds of different things. And and your character will equip them all. They all have unique look. Uh, and then they all can have different stats attributed to them, right? Like they all have like kind of a base attack and defense and everything. But then like they'll get different kind of extra magic bonuses or like maybe this one increases your health by X percent or you'll do X percent more damage to some type of enemy. So, you know, you can get drops of like 10 of the same weapon and like none of them are the same. So like kind of a very early kind of a Diablo-ish type loot system. Mm. I, obviously, I'm pretty sure Diablo was out at this point. Yeah. Um, but for a console RPG, you know, kind of pretty early for that kind of system. Versus something like Final Fantasy, right, where you pick up the the Masasume, right, and it's this is just better than the other one that you had because it does more damage or has more material slots or whatever. So yeah, so essentially you're running around, you're destroying monsters. You have to destroy those kind of orb gates that you may have saw in the video before. Um, those are just spawn constantly spawning monsters, so if you don't destroy those, they just keep coming. Um, and what's crazy is as you get later in the game, it becomes like hundreds of these things. Like it just fills the screen with these monsters. So it gets really addictive just like hacking and slashing through like hundreds of these monsters and like it starts to make the PlayStation 2 just chug. I'm talking like single digits <laughs> frame rates on these things. Um, but it's like kind of satisfying to like just start chopping through and these guys. Like, see it and like it, it's, it's struggling, you know, and it gets even worse because like I played through a lot. I used a lot of the magic. I found very effective. And like with the effects of the magic going off and just hundreds of monsters, it was just like this poor PlayStation is just going <laughs> to die. And it would just be satisfied to see it slowly come back, right? As you just wipe out wipe hundreds out, of these yeah, things, as they all get you know. Off screen. So then, on top of, you know, you, you do level up, which there's not like stat points to put into. You just kind of, when you level up, you get a little more health, a little more strength, a little more of this, a little more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all just flat. You don't get to put points in anything, but you can collect these crystals that you put into what they call a force frame which essentially is like that's where that's like your talent point system in this game. So not only do you have to collect the crystals that you kind of use as the currency for that, but then you collect the force arts that go into it. So you might pick up a force art that like increases your attack. And those will level up as you put more of that currency into it, right? So I can make my attack go higher, 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 and then it'll level up to, you know, attack up plus two, right? And then you can keep putting stuff into there. Um, so as you find more of these force arts and you start dumping more things in it, right? You start, you know, there's some interesting ones like just having you do more damage to specific types of enemies and whatnot. And, you know, maybe uh, increasing your rates of criticals and stuff like that. It's all very numbers-based, right? Like, put your points into this, it raises this by some percent, right? So, you know, it it just, it's got a nice little satisfying gameplay loop of like, go out, kill all these monsters, get this currency, find these force arts, power up your character, get new loot, go back and do it again. Um, So here, 
you know, this is a good one in the video. We're not talking hundreds, but you can kind of see some of the magic going on, this fire attack, you know, plowing through enemies. All the damage numbers. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's really satisfying, you know, seeing all that go down, right? Um, which video, did you, did you play the late game play? This is it here. The other one ended, so I wanted to okay. switch it over. So again, I had a really hard time finding gameplay videos of this, and I unfortunately don't have a a good setup for it to capture it myself but you know take that scene but multiply the number of people on there by like five at any given time and it just brings it to a a halt Mm -hmm. um so to answer the wandering musicians question so this is not the first in this series so this is kind of a sub-series of the shining force games and in that sub-series, this is the second one. Now, the first one was called Shining Tears, which is a similar in the play of it's an action-y RPG, but they def- they, the art style was a little more cartoony, kind of chibi, like big head, um, and just not quite as refined. Um, and maybe in a future episode, I can talk about that one because it, it was interesting and had its own had some issues i think this is definitely the better game compared to that um but yeah this is actually the second in the series and then it has a sequel called shining force exa which is built on the same engine that this one is it looks identical um they you know they reused a lot of the assets and stuff it's kind of just a different story with some extra weapon types and whatnot Mm -hmm. um so the the one thing I found the funniest about this game was the dialogue. <laughs> uh, this is a very early <laughs> PS2 translation. I, it's just early translation in general. I feel like translation was terrible until probably like Xbox 360, PS3 era was when we actually started getting some good translations and dubs um but i just have to have you listen to this castle dialogue Uh, i tried to find again it was hard to find gameplay so there's way cringier dialogue but it's just it it made me laugh more than anything else in this game so again i time stamped it but it must not have kept it um. So let me see if I about here. up here. Put it at eight twenty-three. Is where I timestamped it. Eight twenty-three. Yeah. I haven't seen this yet, so let's hear it. Welcome. Yeah, a little bit right of dead away. air. Right away. <laughs> Oh my god. We all welcome you, every one of us. Who are you guys? <laughs> so that's the kind of main side sidekick chick.
All right, scum. <laughs> yeah, the vocabulary is also not the best. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that kind of gives you the idea of like the the quality of voice actors that they had. You know, I'm sure they did the best they could. I'm not. You know, I don't want to put anyone down for just doing a job, but oh boy. Um, yeah. So if you like cringy dialogue and really cheesy voice actors, it's this, this game. game is definitely <laughs> one you want to check out. Right. Uh, I think the last clip I posted before we wrap it up is another voice clip of the villain. I found him to be the funniest character <laughs> in the whole game just because of how broody and like I don't know. We'll give it a watch. Yeah, no scratches or anything. Uh... <laughs> ow. No, I'm fine. But there was a chill running down. Let's see, did I timestamp this one? Well, thankfully the sanctuary is. Yeah, safe. go to 555. Now, or did it? it? This one actually right. worked. We should go okay. destroy those monster gates in town. Isn't it a bit early? Right, the villain's so coming in soon, so. <laughs> I've been waiting. I don't know what that dot is. Well, well. It's like part of the video. This force crystal has always looked so ugly. Just looking at it makes me sick. No. No emotion. No zero emotion. <laughs> Haven't zero. I shown you my warp spell before? Normally, the arrangements that have to be made Sounds to like Microsoft so Sam that type of like... <laughs> with my power, it's quite easy. As easy as smashing this piece of junk! <laughs> no! <laughs> oh my god. I love it. Epic. Epic. Look at that. Look at that. So yeah. lungs you've got there, Max. That alone was a um, weight. I, I guess to, to kind of sum it up it's before we end this segment, you know, I stories okay, graphics okay, <laughs> music's okay, voice acting horrendous, <laughs> but the gameplay itself is pretty, pretty addicting. Um, you know, I think if you like that kind of dungeon crawly loot based systems. I think this is a really good early example of it. Um, voice acting, ten out of ten. You're crazy. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it it wasn't. It was funny, right? I definitely enjoyed when a scene came up just to listen to them talk. Hmm. Um, you know, it's almost so bad it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if you like those kind of games, you know it. It probably, honestly, it's quite long. It probably took me like 40 hours. I played this for quite a while. Um, there's not really side quests. That's just kind of there, like there isn't just really side quests. There's some end game quests that I did do, um, but that's pretty much just playing through the story. Uh, so it, there's definitely some time there. Um, you know, with the the kind of mechanics I said earlier about being able to warp back and, and heal up any time, I didn't find it overly difficult. You know, it's not like going to be pushing your patience or anything like that. So, you know, if you kind of like these early early beat 'em ups on consoles, um, that kind of loot based system, you know, definitely check it out. I think it's it's worth playing. It's 
I hate the term, but maybe a hidden hidden gem if, if you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, um, it seems yeah. like it is because I've never heard about it until you even mentioned it to me. So, I mean, yeah, and again, I I full credit of even knowing the series alive goes to to Games of War, uh, Games with a Z. <laughs> um so you know check him out he's got a lot of videos talking about hidden gems and things like that so um yeah that was shining force neo shining force neo everyone lovely all right so i think next uh you know it was kind of going to be our our gaming news segment and I think a new product is coming out that I think we're both kind of excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, Looks awesome. Call from Analog, um, which you know we can go into who they are, but it, it's called the Analog Pocket. So it's an FPGA-based handheld system um, that can play. I think if you scroll down, it has the list. Yeah. Right there, right there. You just passed it. Oh. Um. So out of the box, you can play any Game Boy system, which great already. I like it. Yeah, that's like, that's <laughs> um, all you really need, but it can do more than that. Right. So then they also are going to make adapters for it to play, you know, Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket Color, which is a very underrated handheld system, uh, Atari Lynx, and, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and this this is important here. Yes, this is all there. It's not like your typical emulation machine where you put in an SD card, load it with ROMs. Some work, some don't. Sketch. This is you plug in the real cartridge, and it plays it, and it'll play any of those systems above. Like yeah, you and it's a not huge like collection of those games. You can use it all on one device. Like that's right. so cool. And it's not like. There are systems too where you plug in the cartridges, you know, and that's for everything, right? Original Nintendo, Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. handhelds. But the difference between this and those is that those are all using software emulation. So, like, you know, you load up an NES emulator on your PC and drop a ROM in and play it. They're essentially doing the same thing, right? Even when you put that physical card in, it's literally dumping the ROM off that and then, and then running that emulating. emulating. It. Like, yeah, it's not reading it directly from the cart. Yeah, and and those are great for, you know, a lot of different reasons, right? I, I'm not going to downplay that software emulation. It, it's a amazing thing, right, to be and able to play these yeah, games. And it's come a long but, way. Right, but there will always be imperfections with that. Namely, you're going to lose some frames. So, you know, that might lead to, like, some input lag as you're playing a game. Uh, and they're just not perfect, right? You may get glitches that weren't originally there on the physical game when you played it on the real hardware. A lot, so, often a lot of them have sound, sound yeah, problems. Sounds. Where the sound either gets glitchy or certain pitches just aren't there or things like that. Like, it, right. it's touchy and depending on the game. For sure. So the difference here is that these are using FPGAs. So essentially, the guys behind this took, you know, if you don't know what an FPGA is, which maybe I don't really know what an FPGA is, but I'll tell you what I do know. It's, it stands for Field Programmable Gate Array. And it's essentially a hardware chip that you can rewrite how that chip functions. 
via via I'll say software. That may not be 100% the right term to use. But you can basically make this chip act however you want. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they take a Game Boy, right? Everything it does. And they make this chip act like it's a real Game Boy. They basically replicate the Game Boy hardware within that chip. So you don't have to worry about it not being exactly like a real Game Boy because it's essentially a real yeah, Game Boy in this one it, chip. It is, I <laughs> so that's the kind of technology that's behind all of Analog's products. And they make a original Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Sega Genesis product that are all based off this FPGA technology for each of their respective consoles. So I actually have the Mega SG. Um, the benefits are you can pl- I can plug it right into my HDTV. It does all the scaling and any filters that you, you may want on it mm. automatically. So it just looks amazing on an HDTV, whereas you try to hook up an original Sega Genesis to an HDTV nowadays, it's going to look like garbage because you're hooking it up through composite or Some even, com- even component. Even component, if you can, if you get like the HD retrovision cables, um, you're leaving it entirely up to your TV to do all that scaling and whatnot. Which some TVs are good at it, most are shit at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm personally super excited about this. Um, I you know I have a lot of original hardware um, for portable systems, and the biggest thing is the lack of backlight. Um, so yes, you can do mods like Dean does, and those are look great. Um, but this is kind of an all-in-one right. solution. And a lot of the mods now are getting real easy to do, but some of them, if you don't have the skill or the time or the want to learn how to, you know, solder right. or you know use different ribbon cables and reroute things and stuff, or if you do biverting, changing chip leads and stuff like, you buy something like this. It looks amazing. It's all done. It's ready to go. Yeah. And, and I think, what's I the screen say, resolution on that? That looks slick as hell. It's, it, yeah. Just look, <laughs> just look at it. I mean, you look at that and you're like, that is cool looking. Yeah. Like, or at least, uh, so go up there. So, right so here. it's 1600 by 1440. So like they say there, that's 10 times the resolution of the original Game Boy. So this shit is going to look sharp. Okay as fuck on there it's gonna look really nice the brightness alone is gonna help it has better color than like like you play game boy color game on original game boy you put that in this the color is gonna just be insane it's gonna be way more vibrant popping it's it's gonna look awesome and i yeah so they have their own little like uh kind of like a software menu to do some extra stuff yeah yeah if it's if it's similar to how the Mega SG handles it, um, there's like a home menu when you turn the system on. That from there you can say, "I want to run the cartridge I have put in." Obviously, there's a bunch of settings, so they let you change just about everything about how the image looks on the screen, mm-hmm. um, different scaling options, uh, things like that. Like you got full com- custom a bit customizability. Um, and then they usually have a built-in. So in this one, it was that nano loop that you had on the screen up there, yeah, which that's that software yeah. that's been around a long time. Um, it allows you to kind of make music using the Game Boy synthesizer. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are cartridges you can buy that have this on it. Uh, 
so you can plug it into a real Game Boy. Um, but they're kind of building it in and then using FPGA to drive that, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is honestly the thing that gets me the most excited. Yeah, this is cool. Is the dock to let you play them on your TV. Um, right now, options to play handheld games on your TV are either non-existent for some systems or not ideal for others. Right. Um, yeah, I know I have a the Game Boy Player for GameCube. Um, and I mean, it, it it's perfectly functional. It works good, but I'm running it on a CRT, which is helping it, right? If I hooked that up to my HDTV, it would, for a Game Boy game, it would look like garbage, right? Yeah, it would not look good. <laughs> um, you know, and then you can use the wireless Apatio controllers, which um, everyone I've used, including my Mega SG ones, they're amazing. Very well well done controllers. So super excited about this. Um, if you're interested, um, their shit goes fast. <laughs> um, subscribe to their newsletter uh, to get notified. Looks like 200 bucks. Which... What do you think about that? Um, so I'd say for this type of device, it seems a little pricey on the outside. Yeah, I'd but say then, you say the number and you're like, wow, that seems like too but much. Then if you're someone who's serious about playing these games, which is who they're targeting, they're not targeting, right. you know, some 12 year old kid who wants it for Christmas to play a few games like they're targeting collectors, people who love these games. With the quality they put into their products and all the ones they've previously sent out, and the fact that you can play all those different games in one thing and have the dock mm-hmm. and as an option. Now, like, that dock's going to be optional. <laughs> it's going to be optional. It's going to be more. And yeah, It'll probably true. be at least another 100 bucks. However, for the quality, that screen on it alone, yeah. the, I mean, the fact that you're not emulating, that, for someone who's serious... They're going to be willing to pay. Yeah, them, I think that's not going to be a crazy amount to them. I think it's definitely aimed at a certain market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want something cheap to play some old games on, there's tons of crap from China that you can get. Oh yeah, like you know, Wish.com or whatever, right? Well. <laughs> like for example, well. I did have it. <laughs> it just fell behind my thing, so I can't play it. But, uh, but yeah, it's a you know, just... emulation console. I got it for forty yeah. bucks. Works great. I love it. Yeah. but nothing in compared to what this is. Yeah, like for sure. I, I personally, I know I'm gonna pick it up along with the dock, along with all the cartridge adapters, just mm-hmm. because I have a Game Gear. I have Neo Geo Pocket Color games. You know, is it going to be pricey? Yeah, but it's kind of like the end-all solution to me, right? Like, here's I can play all these games in HD, both portably and and on my TV, right? Mm-hmm. With the real cartridges, you know. To me, it's worth it. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and I agree. I think if you're serious about it, I think that's a good price to me uh, for, for what you get out of it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think this too, which some people might like this. It is USB C to charge it, so it's going to charge pretty damn fast. Just based on 
typical USB Type C devices. Yeah. You know. Also, all the buttons are reprogrammable. So that's pretty. For that's changing awesome. Changing different games, different consoles, you can have it however you like. You know, which even on that emulation machine, I can't do that. There's some of the emulators feature it, but it's like, oh, you can right. swap these two buttons and that's it. So, you know, it's just some extra little things that you wouldn't think of, but when you have it, it's like, oh, that's pretty cool that that's there and I can do that. Yeah, another big one, not to drag the sun any longer, but I, this original style link plug. Mm-hmm. You can hook it up, be trading Pokemon back and forth. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right, like, you know, they're usually pretty complete with these things. Um, and I've liked everything I've seen from Analog. Um, I know they they get some complaints um, from a customer service perspective. Um, but, you know, I feel like they're a small company still. Mm. You know, people might argue that and say they're, they're not that small. But uh, I think they're UK-based as well. Uh, but I think they have shipping centers in the U.S. because my my Mega SG shipped from the U.S. So anyway, it looks excited. I'm excited for it to come out. Um, I'm I'm waiting to hear the announcement when it goes live, and hopefully I can grab one. Uh, mm. I, I'm sure they'll be back at some point if they sell out. But with the way the world is right now, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> you know, who knows when that could be? Even, yeah. so um, it, it, it might even be getting delayed because of this more. So yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're interested, interested sign, sign up, up for, for that, that newsletter. newsletter. It's right on their front page. Just go to analogs.co/pocket. And I'm not. We're not spawned. Like, might sound like this. <laughs> yeah, sponsor, sound, we're not. We're definitely not. Not even. No, really, I'm just saying. If you're interested no. in it, uh, that's probably the best way to go about getting it. So. Yeah. Okay, so we've been going for an hour thirteen. I know Dean had one story to tell, right, and, and then we'll probably close quick. it up. So um, yeah. So I mentioned earlier, um, I do a lot of modding, and one of the places I used to get my parts, and I say used to for a specific reason, was called Retro Modding. It's a small team. Um, they're based out of Canada. Let me, I'll see if I can bring up their website. Um, is this a sold... slam piece? Are you going to slam them? No, not at all. <laughs> the company is great. I love the company. I think they make some really good stuff. They actually do their own custom molding for some buttons and stuff. So it's coming straight from them. Um, okay. It was something that happened to me. So here's their page. Um, they do. I've definitely all heard of them. Of I've seen uh, it come up. They sell, you know, new shells, new buttons, replacement uh, battery covers, battery sensors, um, capacitor sets for some of the old like DMGs. Uh, anything. They have some stuff for N64s, Segas, GameCubes, you know, all the different Game Boys, Neo Geo Pocket. They sell backlight kits, biverting chips for the old Game Boys. They sell even the new IPS screens to upgrade your Neo Geo Pocket. That's one of the recent ones they've done. That's kind of a new thing, is you can get a TFT LCD for the Neo Geo Pocket color. And it looks great. I've seen some videos about it. Um, the story here and this blue bar kind of is part two of my story here (laughs) um so i've ordered from them i think three or four times now first three times ordered everything was great you know i've talked to their customer team they're all super nice people 
came fast. All the parts were great. All of a lot of these that you've seen that I showed, all the shells and stuff came from them. Well, I had ordered a set of DMG stuff in December of last year here. And it was about two weeks later, and I was like, you know what? When my parts haven't came in yet. This is a little strange because usually it took about a week, week and a half. Sure. So I emailed them, and they said, oh, that's you, you should have them. We'll look into what's going on. End of that for the day. So about a day later, I get a response saying that they believe that their shipment that had my package in it was held up at customs, the U.S. border and customs of the U.S. You know, coming and it's coming from Canada. It's coming from Canada. So Does that happen like, a lot? I feel like that doesn't happen a lot coming no. from Canada. But uh, so I was like, maybe. okay, and they said, um, we're gonna look into it some more. We'll let you know what we find. So I said, okay, no problem. It wasn't like I needed the parts. I didn't spend a ton of money or anything. I wasn't in need right. of them now. So I said, okay. Um, a couple days pass, and they get back to me again, and they say, so Customs has held that shipment, and they didn't really say why. They didn't know. They didn't really know why. They said in their email, we don't really know why we're trying to figure that out. And I wasn't the only one affected. So what they said was right away, they're like, sorry, we're going to give you a full refund. The money was in my account the next day. I was like, okay, okay. that sounds good. like a awesome. good story yeah, so far. I'm like, yeah. No problem. <laughs> um, and they sent out another newsletter later that week saying, hey, if you were affected by this, we're sorry. They gave me a discount thing, which was great. I didn't end up using it, but that's good right. of them. Um, well, then, you know, a couple weeks pass, and I'm driving home from work, and I get a call from my mother saying that. I got a letter from the U.S. Borders and Customs, and she asked me if I was going to do it. And I said, what are you talking about? She didn't open it, so she didn't know what it was about. And I'm like, I'm a little scared, but I'm like, I didn't do anything. I'm like, I get home and open it. Basically what happened, and this is why it got stopped the thing, it claimed that they opened it, and Nintendo of America claimed these products as copyright and basically like fraud products like sure so these were shells and stuff right you're right and all of it said is the reason it claimed was two things one the design of the shell was like exactly copyrighted now i can understand this because and i won't be able to show it because it's too small but like on this shell they use the nintendo logo there right so i'm like okay makes sense they didn't know that they don't advertise anywhere on their site that these are official shells they say these are right. knockoff replacement shells like right these are not official at all but i get it logo the other complaint was on the game boy advance glass screen lens i got it's not the same it doesn't look the same but they use the same font and that font is apparently also copyrighted by <laughs> nintendo so i had to go through and read this letter and basically check a box saying i don't care what you do with the product just leave me out of this basically that's what it says my other options were you know take it to court and say no these are mine i paid for them they're not fraudulent and fight nintendo which who's gonna do that (laughs) i can't believe so i don't know that's a strange story Right. Like, 
how did they know what they were when they got them? So my my thought Did was, they open it? My thought was because I've had like I said, I've had previous shipments and they came through fine, quick. Yeah. My guess is they have random checks at the border for shipments. They randomly check shipments just to like uh every once in a while. Or Pape says X rays in the chat, maybe that was it. Yeah. Um I mean that probably more plausible. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing this one just got screened, pulled. They saw that, maybe sent a thing to them because they didn't know it was like replacements. Maybe they thought they were being sold as real things. Um, Tapes straight every package coming across the border. Then I but bet you like why they still had to specifically. Yeah, that's the other thing. Why, been like why would have first been a person time? looking at it would have had to been like known what they were looking at first off right mm. like game boy shells and then they would have still had to like stop and be like you know they would have had to open it at some point right right because just because you think it looks like something in the x-ray doesn't mean that's necessarily what it is 100 percent. right but you know because yeah that's a strange it's, story it's strange. Never... And it didn't happen before you can get that shit from like from eBay like, from China yeah, and stuff. From China shipped them no problem. <laughs> and like there's stores on Amazon that sell replacement shells. Now, I get it. I get why they claimed them, you know. And it's Nintendo. If if someone says, "Hey, we think these people are making fraudulent th- things of yours." Sure. They're probably just going to be like, "Okay, shut yeah. them down" cuz who wouldn't, you know. They're not even going to look twice at it. But that happened and then eventually there was a notice on their site saying a lot of their products are they're not shipping to the US at the moment. They're working on getting it uh, fixed. Yeah. I'm guessing what they're gonna do is, you know, remold or do something, get rid of the Nintendo logo. Well, a lot of those molds I'm pretty sure come from it leaking out of places like China. Right. Like they have those molds from back when they were making them officially for Nintendo or whoever. Mm-hmm. And then those molds get leaked out of there and people start pressing, you know, replacement shells for it or whatever. Right. Um, typically at a lower quality because they use lower quality plastics or whatever, but mm-hmm. depends on where you get it from, who's doing it. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if they're really getting stopped for that, they'd have to start changing, like, won't say Nintendo anymore. Yeah, so... I and don't that, know. That's, honestly, for some people, that's a deal breaker, though. Yeah, that is. They so. don't look like a real one. They don't want it. Right. So, now, yeah. luckily, you know, they're still a business. They didn't get shut down or anything. And I think it's good because they do a lot of custom molding buttons and stuff, like I said. Like, their right. silicone pads have retro molding on the back. It's their own mold they made right. and fill and stuff. And they have a lot of other, like, the, the screen replacements. You know, that's fine they're allowed to do that um glass screen lens they're allowed to do but they just you know mentioned hey yeah don't order if you're in the u.s or we're trying to figure this out what's going on blah blah, blah. i haven't heard much from them. they said they'd keep us in the loop people who okay customers so not a slam piece you actually support no, them the you just can't they're, literally order from them yeah, right now <laughs> literally i mean you can certain things but right. you should watch because it could get caught in customs right now. Hmm. Um, yeah, never heard of that happening. But yeah, I mean, I, I bought a, a few like and... replacement stuff like that. Like I bought replacement uh, SP shells because I shattered mm-hmm. one of my SP's outer casings, and 
I got it on eBay. Which, so I don't. There's tons but of it, it came from overseas, though. Mm. Uh, I waited a while for it, and they made it fine. So I, that's that is it's a crazy story. Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> wild story. Now, if you try to worry. Their shipping's shut down because, well, Canada's borders shut off because of yeah. this virus and stuff. So <laughs> it sucks yep. for them, but they they do have nice stuff. They actually do like built to order ones where you can pick them all out and they'll put them together there if you're not comfortable with doing any of the mods and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah it, they do some cool stuff on there. I just kind of wanted to shout them out and tell the story of me getting a letter from u.s border <laughs> control <laughs> oh that is pretty funny yeah but yeah so okay it. yeah so i think that I think comes that to the a, end yeah, of our uh, first up. podcast i i hope it went well i i felt like it it flowed pretty decently yeah I, I um so yeah obviously in the future we're gonna try not to run for an hour and a half um but <laughs> we also kind of want to let it kind of just flow, you know, if we're having a good conversation or talking about something. So mm-hmm. um, they'll probably vary in length. Um, but obviously in a lot of that beginning early history of, of us and what we do and why we're doing this, that obviously won't be part of it. So we'll jump right in um, probably with the Game Boy segment next week. Uh, so, you know, you'll have time to beat Kirby's Dreamland. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, if you guys have any thoughts, suggestions, you know, if you know us, just tell us if you are new, you know, feel free to send us an email. The email address is down below. Message us on Twitch. Um, like I said, we'll have a Twitter up here probably next episode. Just, we need to get that all set up. Um, yeah. So. Yep, thanks you yeah, everyone thanks for, everyone for uh, joining Wandering Musician if you're still here. Thanks again. Hope to see you next time. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye.